And I was studying some stuff, and, and, I, and I was telling the brothers before church about going into dark times in this world. I've never seen it so bad. Seriously, I've been, in, I've been a Christian for 30-something years. I've, I've been in, 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 the, in the Word a long time. But darkness has filled our land, and darkness has filled the people of the land. We have gained a, 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 a dark place. We've come into a dark place. And I'm not just talking about America. I'm just talking about the world, okay? Turn with me to Matthew. While I pray, Father, we thank you for this morning, 24. And Lord, we give you praise and glory, Father God, for all your precious spirit. God, I just thank you that you're a good God and you're a merciful God and that you're going to hear us this morning. And that your word is going to be alive this morning. In Jesus' name. I'm glad to be a Christian. (laughs) Amen. Thank God. Amen. I've I've been living a long time. As a Christian, but I've never enjoyed my faith as I enjoy it right now, okay? Because I've started understanding that faith is just not much, but just saying I believe something. It's, it's part of who I am, what I think, what I feel. It's about my worship. It's about my love. It's about devotion to the Lord. We talked about, you know, about marriage, how if my relationship with God is right and my relationship with her is right. Because the Bible says I'm to love my wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So I can't demonstrate the love of God to her if I don't have the love of God to give. You get where I'm coming from? So I have to learn to worship God first and love God first before I can love my wife. Because marriage is a reflection of what God is with you. Your relationship, Jesus always compared marriage to a relationship with God. Honor your wife, love your wife, reverence your wife, see the wife, reverence her husbands. The part about that is that how how's your relationship with your wife? I can tell if it's if it's if it's a relationship that is degrading, if it's a relationship that's critici- critical, if it's a, you know what I'm saying, all the things you marriage couples throw at one another, I can tell what kind of relationship you have with God. On how you treat your spouse. And I'm not talking about marriage, but I'm trying to use that this morning as an attitude to what we can look at when we come into the Word of God and our relationship with God. I've learned to listen. <laughs> listen, y'all, I've done that more in the last few months since I became pastor of this church, how to listen to God. My words are not important. <laughs> it's what God gives you that is important. I told you plenty of times, I'm only the messenger. I'm not the message. Come on, somebody. I'm only the messenger. I'm not the message. Today, the message is that we're in a dark time in America, in a dark time in this world. If we don't see what God sees, we're going to fall. Listen, Genesis, I'm sorry, I told you to turn it, but I don't want you, let's turn to Genesis chapter 6 because I want to start there this morning. I'm sorry, I should have went there first. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. We're about 1,050 years into the creation. What I'm saying is that God said, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. So from the time God said, In the beginning 
till when Noah was preparing that ark, it's about 1,050 years, maybe 1,100 years, something more in that range. There were a lot of people on the earth. Started with uh, uh, Adam and Eve. God placed them in the garden, boat righteous, boat without sin. And one day they decided to disobey God. And sin was born in the world. So sin came in, and Adam and Eve were, were affected by their rebellion against God. Come on, somebody. And through Adam and Eve's sin bled through the human race. So we come into the days of Noah where it had gotten bad. The world had turned its back on God. The only righteous people on the earth was Noah and his sons and their wives. And there were millions of people at this time on the earth. People had turned their back on God because of that one little deception. One little lie Satan told Adam and Eve in the garden. God said, you won't eat of the, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For the day you eat it, you're going to die. We know they didn't die physically, but we know they died spiritually. And Adam and Eve brought sin in the world. And sin brought death. <laughs> and death brought corruption. Corruption brought all manner of wickedness. It got to the point at this time in, in, in history that God even regretted that he even made a man on the earth. Now you know it got to get bad when God regrets making something. They got corrupt. It got dark. Sin was on, on the rampage. There was no church. There was no God. There's only one Noah and his family that were right. Out of a millions of people on the earth, God said, Noah, go build an ark. I'm going to spare men whom I made. I'm going to spare my creation. Go build that ark. Take two of every animal on the ark. And I'm going to judge the planet. I'm going to judge the earth because of man's sin. Why the earth? The earth didn't do nothing wrong, right? <laughs> Anytime man touches something, sickness and disease and corruption comes in. I had a guy, I told you already, but he had, uh, I was hauling him some, some dirt. And he was angry at God because his son had committed suicide. And he was blaming God and he was angry at God. I said, this is not God's fault. I told him when them towers were hit on 9-11, God had nothing to do with that. See, God had a perfect plan that, that uh, men would live forever. There would never be no sickness or death in the world. Men brought death and sickness in the world when he rebelled against God. So sickness is not God's fault. It's man's fault. Death is not God's fault. God had no plan for men to die. Men rebelled against God and they died. The, the, the disease, uh, famine, pestilence, everything else you can think about came because of man's sin. God's plan wasn't that man should die. Adam and Eve could be alive today, this very minute, if they wouldn't have rebelled against God. Never to see death. Hallelujah, let me turn my Bible. <laughs> I'm preaching too fast, right? <laughs> All right. Now we're in, we're in, we're like I said, about 1,100 years. I'm going to just go give a take a year into creation. Men have fallen very dark. Men have fallen so far from God. There was nobody righteous but Adam, no, no, Noah and his family. And verse 5 says this. 
And the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth. That every intent of his thoughts, of his heart, was only evil continually. What did God see? He saw the intent of man's heart, and it was only... Listen, you turn that television on for five minutes, you're going to see Sodom, you're going to see Sodom and Gomorrah. You're going to see the, the intent of man's heart, the wickedness that's in man's heart, the corruption, the perversion. The, the, listen, I'm telling you, it's horrible. I've, I don't want to put the TV on anymore. I'm so sick of it. Because I can see the defilement of God. I can see the rebellion against God. It's all over. As it was in the days of Noah, Jesus said in Matthew 24, so shall it be when the coming of the Son of Man returns, when Jesus comes back. It's going to be dark. It's going to be corrupt. Promotion of all kind of evil. Some of the most perverted, the most wickedest things I've ever saw in my life. And I'm still young at 58. <laughs> But even since I've grown up, I've seen some advancements into some of the darkest times in this America. When we as Christians lay back and do nothing and forget that God is a holy God. Come on, somebody. And forget to preach that God hates sin. He hates unrighteousness. We just sit back, oh, that's the way it is. No, it ain't the way it is. It's the way we want it to be. If the church don't stand up and do something and start praying and seeking God's face, listen, we're in trouble. Somebody said, you're preaching good, brother. <laughs> the darkness that is around us is all over. We're as in the days of Noah. They were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. They were going about their lives. God was the first thing from their mind. But God judged the world. He hated, he hated what he created when he, when Noah, when he flooded, destroyed in the days of Noah. He regretted he even made it. Listen, when I read the story of creation, in the beginning, God created him. And after every sixth day, he said, it is good. There's nothing God didn't make that wasn't good. Come on, somebody. <laughs> God established creation, everything he said. And the first day, it is good. The second day, it is good. It goes on. Everything that God made was good. Who corrupted it? Man. Man's desire for power, man's desire for lust, man's desire for control, man's desire to dominate. That's what destroyed this, this nation and this world. That's what brought the judgment of God. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. They were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying, they were giving. They were going about their lives. They were doing everything that they wanted to do. God's the furthest thing from their mind. They were just enjoying their flesh, enjoying their life. Every 30 seconds in the world, they estimate every 30 seconds somebody goes into eternity. So before I finish the next paragraph, somebody had died and faced judgment. Because of sin. I'm going to be honest with you, I don't hear much of sin being spoken about anymore. I don't much hear of hell anymore. We don't want to be that sin conscious. But that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says because of sin, God brought judgment. Listen, I, I like history. I like not history, but uh, like uh, nature shows. You ever saw the Arizona, in Arizona all the things sticking out of the ground? You ever the Grand Canyon? All? That's, a, that's the judgment of sin. That's the mark of sin because God had judged the earth. 
As beautiful as it is, that's, that, that's the score of sin on, on the earth. Because God, you can go all over the world. You can find these, these big old, you can see the mark of sin upon, on, America, on the world. Because of the judgment of God. The earth has paid the price. Because of sin. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, let me finish reading this. I'm going to make you can go to Matthew. It says, And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth. <laughs> and he was grieved to his heart. <laughs> I thought about that phrase when I was reading it this morning. God was grieved that he even made human beings. <laughs> it's bad when God's sorry, when God is grieved to his heart. You ever got grieved to your heart about something? Huh? You ever got angry and sick in your stomach about something? But that's what God was seeing when he saw creation. When he saw man, I'm sorry. The birds didn't sin. Why was the judgment on the birds? The animals didn't sin. I mean, the, the fish of the sea didn't sin. The trees didn't sin. Why was the judgment? Because man had the authority. God gave him the authority over the earth. And he forfeited that to the devil. I thought about that over and over again. I said, what was that one thing that Satan took two people, Adam and Eve, that came straight from God, <laughs> never knew sin, never knew lust, never knew, listen, didn't know shame, didn't know anger, didn't, none of that. But one sin birthed in the corruption we see today in our world because they did not want to heed to God. See, God never had... The intent of letting man know good and evil. All he wanted man wants to know is good. See, God is the only one who can handle good and evil. See, man can't handle. What does man do when he gets evil? He corrupts himself. He hurts somebody. He destroys. That's the heart of man. That's the heart. That's what, they were, that was, that's what was birthed at, 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 at the Garden of Eden. And I'm telling you that this morning because I want to bring you to back where we are now. Look at America, especially. We're Americans, okay? We, we put the TV on. Listen, the promotion of homosexuality, the promotion of, of, of uh, uh, sex-driven, you know, the commercials are worse than the movies. I was watching TV the other night, I'm going to tell you this. I was watching two ladies, two women sitting on the side of a swimming pool. This is a commercial. Making out. Eight o'clock in the evening when most of the children are watching television. You think Satan is not sly? I said, look at this stuff, man. They're making it sound so pleasant, so, so enjoyable. Two lesbians making out on the side of a, a, a swimming pool. What does God think about homosexuality? I'm going to show you. Turn with uh, uh, Leviticus real quick. Chapter 18, verse 22. Is, is it okay? Is it permitted in God's eyes? Uh, what does the word abomination mean? It means to abhor or to have a hate for. That's what it means. We're talking about the very character of God. And now, listen, it's just not sodomy. It's just not homosexuality. It's a lot of things, okay? But if you go back and study... World history, a lot of things that brought these, these, world his, these world leaders down, they allowed sodomy or homosexuality into their society. 
they made it permissible and they made it legal and they made it okay. Rome was one of the greatest powers to ever exist on the planet. What brought Rome down? Homosexuality. Lesbianism. All this, this stuff we see today. Put your TV on just for five minutes and tell me you don't see, see them promoting that sick sin. We have spit in the face of God. We had mocked him. This is not, this is, what I'm freaking reading, this is not my attitude, it's God's attitude. It ought to be all of our attitude if you're a Christian, if you're born again. Now, I don't want you to think I'm making this up. Go ahead and read it, Jan. Oh, yeah? What does that word abomination mean? He hates it. This is God giving his law. His law is the very character of who he is. So he's saying here, if you lie with a man, as you lie with a woman, it's an abomination. He hates it. Now, I know people listening on the internet. I might get some flack for this, maybe. But it's a sin. God didn't make Adam and Steve. He made Adam and Eve. It totally defies what God's plan was. Go and repopulate the earth, replenish the earth. Listen, two homosexuals can't do that. Two lesbians can't do that. It's a defilement against God's commandment. It is sin. I'm going to say it again. Homosexuality is sin. Because God said he hates it. He abhors it. And Chapter 20 of this Leviticus, verse 13, even gets into more detail. Now, if you read those two chapters, you find out God's dealing with sexual immortality. Sexual sins. Where it says, don't let a, 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 a woman, a man lie with his sister or his brother. Or, or, or you know, don't look over the nakedness of his mother. Or, and it's a lot of things that, you know, God considers sin. But this one sticks out a lot. It said, don't let a man lie with a, uh, with a beast or an animal. A while back, they had got give uh, Phil Robinson some flack because he said that homosexuality is the same as bestiology. What well, it is. It's the same as lying with an animal. Turn back. I'm going to show you just real quick. Right? Well, we just said 18 verses uh, 22. And look at the next verse. And he says... Verse 23, nor shall you mate with an animal or lie with an animal to defile yourselves, nor shall a woman stand before an animal to mate with him. That's what the New King James says. It is perversion. So he categories these two sins in the same boat. Homosexuality and bestiality. He says, but worse is slaying with an animal. They made him, and know what? He didn't apologize. I thank God for it. Now he's more popular than ever. They want him to, to apologize and they want him to say he was sorry for saying that. It's not normal to be homosexual. It's not normal to lie with an animal. It's an abomination. God hates it. This is one of the signs of the days of Noah. This is why God destroyed it because of the corruption that got in man's heart. They got off into all these sins that they were permitting this stuff in their lives. And God was angry. And God judged the world because of it. Let me go on to uh, Romans. 
chapter 1. We're going to read a little scripture this morning, okay? What does the Bible say about? Now, Romans chapter 1 deals with a lot about the condition of man. Uh, the heart of man. You know, Paul writes a lot about the end times. And he makes it very clear that you're going to see things that are going to happen. Men are going to depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Come on, somebody. They're going to do things. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to be disobedient, uh, proud, blasphemers, unthankful, unholy, without natural affections. Is that the kind of world we're living in right now? Disobedient. They'll have a form of godliness. They'll look godly. They'll go sing the songs. They'll even go to church. <laughs> but deny the power thereof. It says they'll deny God's power to change their lives, to change their situation, to change the world. The Bible says from such turn away. That's a strong statement, but I didn't write this book, okay? The Holy Ghost wrote it. <laughs> Come on, the Spirit of God wrote it. Oh, man wrote this book. No, no. Men had his hand on the pencil, but God did the writing. Come on, somebody. If I'd have wrote it, I'd have made it a lot easier. We could fill this church up tomorrow. <laughs> oh, if I'd have wrote it, oh, we could, have made, we could have made a nice religion, a nice Everybody happy, everybody do what you want. You know, just, just come to church and be with us and we'll all be happy and jolly. And I'm going to tell you something. This is not a happy Bible. That's not what the scriptures say. It's a holy Bible. Those words are holy. They're, they're, they're from God. Okay. Verse 20. And I can read the whole thing, but I'm going to just start in verse 20. For since the creation of the world. Remember we talked about that a minute ago? Since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. So you can't deny God. You can go outside. You can see the trees, the birds, the water. Everything has a creator. People say, well, you never heard of the Big Bang? Yes, I heard of the Big Bang, and it's a big lie. Because, you know, you got to have everything has to consist of information. Right? That chair you're sitting in had a designer. They had people that, that put it together. That to design it, the car you're driving outside had a designer. The complex information that's in the human body, don't tell me blew up from nothing and made everything. That is stupid. Come on, somebody. To tell me that something exploded. And, well, they say to themselves, you can laugh at them. They say nothing exploded. They say nothing exploded and made everything. All the technology, all the, all the information, all the knowledge, all the complexity, all the biology, all of that came from absolutely nothing. I didn't write that. They, they see that themselves. In the beginning, there was nothing. And it exploded. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you the truth. Go read it for yourself. But yet, that's what they're teaching in our colleges. That's what they're teaching in, in our high schools. That's what they're teaching our children. You wonder why we got children blowing each other up and shooting each other up. And listen, when I was when I was born, they say in 1963, before the the Beatles and uh, uh, Sigmund Floyd and all these these atheists came on in America, the, the thing they had the problem with with young people is chewing gum and walking out of line. That was the most 
Biggest problem, now we got suicide. Now we got drugs. We got teenage sex. We got, we got perversion on every corner in our young people going into school and shooting everybody. Because we said in 1963, we didn't need prayer. So we're going to vote God out. So they voted God out, and a year later, that comes the Beatles, some of the most God-hating, blasphemous human beings to walk in America. Because they mocked Jesus. They said Jesus was nothing but a garlic-eating pig. And some of their favorite people was Alistair Crowley, which was uh, the leader of the Satanic Church in America. But yet we followed the Beatles. <laughs> now we had the sex craze of the 60s. Some of you might remember that. I was young, but <laughs> free sex. <laughs> VD and all kind of sexual diseases were passing. We told God we didn't need him. We didn't have that problem before 1963. But now it was rampant. We started defying authority. We started uh, going against the police officers. We got it today. Police don't want to become cops anymore because they scared somebody, somebody to lie about them and, and, and destroy their lives. We have no leadership. We have no guidance. In 19... Uh, 73, uh, we started aborting babies. Over 60-something million babies have been aborted since Roe versus Wade. Just because they were inconvenient. Come on, somebody. 1983, we said we didn't need the Ten Commandments on our public school walls. God forbid it might influence somebody. That's what it said. We, we don't want them to, the Ten Commandments to influence somebody. So God forbid that they learn stealing is wrong or killing is wrong. We don't want to influence that, right? So we're going to take it out. Now we got, we, 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 listen, <laughs> we come up with so much stuff we can outdo God. Now we got more disease and more, more sickness and more perversion than we ever had in, in history of this planet. But yet men are smarter than God. We said the Beatles was okay. We said Sigmund Floyd was okay. Dr. Spock was okay. These, these guys said, we didn't need to correct our children. We were going to warp their personality. Now we got nothing but a bunch of rebellious demons uh, running the streets. I like to take Sigmund Floyd and put him over my lap right now. He's dead now, but I like to take him and say, listen, this is your fruit of what you, what you, and then we jumped on it. We jumped on it, huh? and now we don't know what to do with society. All because... We took God out. <laughs> now listen, you don't have to believe me. Go see the crime rate among young people. And they have a way you can study that. Go Google from 1963 before and after. And tell me what's up. Because we don't, we don't need God no more. You hear what I'm saying? We, we don't need God to correct our lives anymore. Now we've come down to where we say it's perfectly legal for a man and a woman to get married. I mean a woman and a woman or a man and a man. Now, if a man wants to be a woman, he can go in a woman's bathroom and look at the women all he wants. Or man, vice versa. We've defied God. And we're bringing death to this nation and to the world. Okay? Paul said it like this. You have to read that whole first chapter of Romans. Uh, let me read verse 20 again. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Being understand by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that we are without, we are without, we are with. There's, there's no excuse. There's no excuse to not to believe in God. There's no excuse not to look at what we see and say there's no God. God's fingerprints is on, on everything you see. From everything. I was talking about 
the human cell in your body. Do you know what a cell is? A cell is it's called, it's a nucleus. Inside you got a nucleus. Inside that nucleus they have information. And it sets out proteins throughout your body. And, 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 you, know, all, and you got millions of them in your body. And they're, they're, they're constantly feeding information to one another. I said, man, what a machine. <laughs> and, and without that working in your body, you'd be dead. But they're constantly sending information. They're constantly sending proteins and all these different things to each other. And, and, and it's the reason why you can live. Your DNA is a library of who you are, of who your ancestors. And that's what, that's what comes out of the uh, cell, the nucleus, is a DNA. And the DNA is the information of who you are, who your parents are, who your great great and you go all the way back to Adam and Eve. It's a record of who, that's information, that's a library of your history. But that came from nothing. <laughs> that came from a big bang that nobody knew. How did that explode? Well, nothing made it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, nothing made it. What are you going to believe in? <laughs> What makes more sense to you? Someone that knows how to design, place everything in order. I told somebody, so I can bring somebody. Let's just take a watch, for instance. A lot of people use that. I'd break up a watch all in pieces. And I'd put it in one box. And I'd shake it up. If I open that box, do you expect that, that watch to be assembled? No. You can shake it 50 million times. But at least there's pieces to make a watch. But they're asking me to believe something that they don't have nothing to make it. So there's no excuse, okay? I'm not going to be much longer, y'all. Praise God. I know this is not a, a, a shouting message, but it's the truth. Because although they knew not, they knew God, or they knew about God, okay? That's what he's saying. They did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became vile or futile in their thoughts. Their, their foolish hearts were darkened, professing themselves to be wise. They become... Fools. Now you got to be a fool to say everything made, nothing made everything. Now listen, I didn't make that up. No, y'all can go study it yourself. If you don't believe me, go look it up yourself. Nothing exploded and made it all. That's stupid. That's absolutely foolish. I had a guy come to my office one time and we were, we were talking. He was an evolutionist. He, he taught evolution in, in, in UL at the college over there in Lafayette. He said, uh, I said, he was telling me what he taught. And I said, I said, do you believe the space shuttle could evolve? <laughs> oh, he said, oh, no, that's impossible. I got him a little business card. I said, I said, this got a better chance to become the space shuttle than evolution because at least it's a paper on the space shuttle. <laughs> he said, I'll get you a book. <laughs> he left. <laughs> I said, a book? Let me throw 26 letters on the ground. You think that can make a Bible? Somebody got to organize it, right? So you can't tell me you can take nothing and make everything. It's stupid. So they're looking at creation. They knew that. They knew about God, but they didn't worship him. They knew about God, and I'm getting to the point where, where are we at as Americans, okay? As, I can't talk for every country, but in America right now. How dark is this place right now? And I love my country, praise God. I'd support it. I'd fight for it if I had to do that. But listen, I'm not, I'm not going to justify the wickedness that's in it. And I thought about that, you know, just because what we see on TV, that don't mean every American's doing that. See, 
That don't mean everybody, every America's doing what the Hollywood movie stars are doing or what, what you know, so the government's doing. That, that, most of America's supposed to be conservative. Most of America's supposed to be religious. Majority of them claim to be Christians. I least think 77 percent claim to be born-again Christians in America. I said, what's wrong? <laughs> Either we got a bunch of lazy Christians that don't want to stand up and fight the good fight, or the devil's having a heyday and making people believe there's something they're not. Right? Amen. Somebody say Alcherson. Amen. <laughs> Verse 24, I want to start there again. Therefore, God gave them up to, he's talking about these. Well, let me read 23. Changing the glory of God, changing the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man, birds and four-footed beasts and animals. And That's idolatry. That's an image trying to present creation to worship the creation more than the creator. You know what I'm saying? That's what's happening. And you see it every day. You see it in religion. You see it in churches. You're idols. And they worship, they're praying to statues and images. And I need to pray for those people. I'm not knocking. But they're not right. It's idolatry. The Bible says, don't make unto you any graven image of any likeness of anything that's on the earth. Or that's in the waters that's beneath the earth. Don't make you a symmetry or likeness of a female or male or it's one, in us in the, in the, one, one of the first commandments in the uh, Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not make unto you any graven images. But churches do it all the time. And you wonder why we have no faith in the church. Listen, I told somebody, even the law, as holy as the Ten Commandments are, when you're in trouble and you're depressed, ask the law to put its arm around you and comfort you. The law judges you. And, and it's there to do that. It's to expose sin. It's to tell you what sin is. But the law was never there to comfort you. It was to condemn you. To show you where your heart was. So Jesus comes around with the Holy Ghost. He says, he says when I go, I'm going to send another comforter. Who's that? The Holy Ghost. When I need comfort, I need the Spirit of God. When I need comfort and peace, I draw to the Holy Ghost. That's what I'm talking about. The Spirit of God is our strength, amen? That's what comforts us. The Word of God gives us life, and it gives us, gives us uh, victory over the lies of the enemy. Most of you are not dead today because you believe the Bible. Come on, somebody. Listen, I would not be standing here if I didn't have that book today, this, this day. I'd probably be dead. This book has impacted my life. I got a wonderful family, got a wonderful church, I got a wonderful children. Listen, if I wanted to follow this, it wouldn't be. Come on, somebody. If I want to took a hold of this book and said, I want to change my life. I want Jesus to make a difference in my life. I'd be dead today. Come on, somebody. I'm, a, I'm not going to lie to you. This book is life. This book is what changed me. The word of God that was in this book. When I read it, thou shalt not. Thus have the Lord, it changed me. But you know what? Even that, I had to find comfort in that Holy Spirit. I had to kind of find comfort in the presence of God in my life to change me. I couldn't change myself. I don't care how far you go and how big man or woman you think you are. You cannot change your own heart. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to, listen, I can't change you. I tell people that laugh at them, I say, 
You ain't going to go to heaven because you shake my hand. You just assume shake a donkey still. That's what it's about. A man can't do it for you. I feel the presence of God. Amen. It is the word of God. Come on, somebody. It is God's word that has changed my life. I, wanna, I don't ever want to lose this book, Ray. Because I wouldn't be here <laughs> without it. That's not a religious thing. That's a relationship. That's knowing that Jesus died for my sins and he paid the ultimate price of the cross. I'm living because of that one price that he paid 2,000 years ago. You go look at people that don't follow it and tell me how their lives are doing. I know people that backslid on God. And listen, they're living some hellish lives because they decided they didn't want to follow this book. You better eat this word. You better, you better grab because it is power. It is life-changing. I like I said, I don't know where I'd be without it. I'm not going to keep you too much longer because I don't want to. This don't sound very exciting. <laughs> and believe me, it's hard for me to preach this. Because I'd rather preach messages of encouragement. But I'm hoping it is encouraging. It's a question of where you're at today with God, okay? Are you leaning more to the world or are you leaning more to God? Are you walking with the Lord or are you walking with the devil? If I stand up and tell you I'm perfect this morning, I'll be lying to you. I have struggles i got to fight with. i got temptations that come my way. But I have to learn to obey God, and I do. Listen, I tell you that plenty of times. I've made some decisions in my life that there's no other life but this. And if I die tomorrow, I'm going with the breath of Jesus on my lips. The, words, the worship of Jesus on my lips. And that's just how I feel, okay? I don't think there's anything else. There is. I look at life today and I look at society and the direction it's going. They have no hope for me. They don't know what to do with themselves. All you see is hate, fighting, division, bitterness. Everything you could possibly think about, that it's happening. And these people want to control your life. The government. Even religious leaders want to control your life. They want to come up with things that are not in this book. Can I say something I might, you might disagree or not? The government is not the biggest problem in, our, in America. It's the, it's the church. Because we decided not to obey God. Listen, I, I like to call people, encourage them to come to church. But I can't drag you to church. You know what I'm saying? You got to want to come. You got to want to meet Jesus. You got to want to hear the gospel. You got to want to pray. You got to want to worship. You got to have that kind of relationship with God that I don't have to drag you. You just want. You want to come. You want to be with the Lord. You want to be with people of God. You want to learn the ways of God. That ought to be in your heart. But if I got to go at your house and knock at your house and drag you, then, then, then you probably ain't, you ain't serving the Lord. I'm hoping this morning you came here with a desire to serve God, okay? Because I told you, this is not my church. <laughs> this is God's church. Amen? I don't own this. Those chairs, this building, this ministry is God's. And it has nothing to do. I'm only the messenger. 
me and my wife and all of us, we keep it up. We, we do what we got to do, but it's not ours. I can't put my, I told somebody, that I, I kind of laugh at, I got a little problem with ministries that put their names on there. On their, on their, on, you know, so-and-so ministries and so-and-so. I'm just me, okay? Could you imagine me changing the name of this church? Lanny Hayes Holy Ghost Ministries. <laughs> How stupid. <laughs> what? I said, come on. <laughs> it's God's ministry. Now, just me, okay? I mean, they got good ministry, like Brother Swagger and all of them. I like their ministry. But I don't agree with the names, titles, and putting your names on it. This ain't nothing about us. But I'll... Lenny Hayes, Holy Ghost, Miracle Revival Church. Man, what a, what a, what a name. <laughs> it's God's church. <laughs> all right, I'm almost finished. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Verse 28, this is where we are in the world, in America, even in the church. You'd be surprised how many Christians can't quote a Bible verse. Seriously. And you know what? We all know John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and we believe in should not perish, but have a lasting life. We all know John. Listen, that's the foundational Verse of God's church because that's Jesus. He crucified. He died on the cross. He came. He loved us so much that he gave his life. But how many ever heard this one? And this is not a. <laughs> and I'm talking about where we're at, okay? Listen, I thank God for all of you here this morning. I thank God. I pray y'all going to continue serving God with all your heart, mind, and strength. Amen. I'm believing that. Praise God. I, I'm seeing some fruits come back. You know, we had a lot of struggles in the church in the past. And listen, I told you already, uh, that's gone. Okay? I, don't, I have no animosity or unforgiveness. I had to get that. I had to feel the love of God. I had to feel the forgiveness of God before he can send me back here to preach. And I'm free today, okay? I am free to preach his gospel. I have no animosity, nothing, none of that stuff. But what, what, what brings churches down or ministries down? You'd be surprised how many people don't know the word of God. They go to church. I started passing these things out. I don't know if I have one left. I, I was going to give no amount. Those little promise books. And that's the reason why I've done that, because people deal with things, okay? And what that is, is just scriptures of things you're dealing with. If you have financial problems, it gives you verse for verse for verse. If you have health problems, it gives you verse for verse. I want you to grab a hold of the promises of God. I want you to know what you have in the Lord. That's my desire right here in this church, is that you know what you have in the Lord. That you can grow and remember, God, you said this. To retain the knowledge of God in your life, okay? It says here, verse 28, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them up to a reprobate mind, a debased mind, a deluded mind. That word reprobate means, listen, I've had some study on that word years ago, and you know, I don't like to mention the word because when a reprobate mind takes place, there's no desire for God. It has got off into a 
a mindset where it, it, it don't desire to pray. It don't desire to know God. It don't desire to seek Him. It don't desire to go to church. It don't, a lot of things, it's birthed over a, a loss of passion for the Lord. And it's drifting away, away from God. Listen, every one of you have a personal relationship with God, and you're responsible for it. And you have to make sure you know where your heart's at this morning, okay? Seriously. I can't judge you. If you tell me you gave your life to Jesus, I just got to trust you. That you're right with God, okay? Because you made a confession of faith. But I don't know. I can't put my finger 100% on it that, that, that you're right with God. But it said, then not, we're going to get to the place. Nobody wants to retain God in their knowledge. Let's not talk about Jesus. Let's not talk about God. We don't need that holy stuff. We, let us live our lives like we want. Do you know there is another Bible in America? It's called the Satanic Bible. And I remember reading. Oh, I didn't read it. I don't pick it. I saw it on, on, on. They were showing it. One of the verses in the Satanic Bible was this. Do what you will. Or do what you want. If you want to live an adulterous lifestyle, do it. If you want to live a perverted lifestyle, do it. That's Satan's plan. Totally opposite from God's plan. Living a holy and a separate life. Who's right? They don't want to retain God in their knowledge. Listen, I've been in church for years for, with a lot of people. I've preached in a few churches. People like the hype. They like the dance. But sometimes I go to the same people that do that. And you, they, can't, they can't hold to God's promises. They, they don't understand God's peace. They have no joy in their lives. But you think they're the most religious things on the planet. <laughs> because it's a show, Chucky. The real, listen, when I was worshiping, I was, I was, pray, I was worshiping, praise God. Draw me, Lord. Oh, draw me, Lord. Oh, draw me, Lord, and I'll run after you. That's powerful. That's not a hard song to learn, but man, there's a message in that. Draw me, Lord. Oh, draw me, Lord. Oh, draw me, Lord, and I'll run after you. Come on, somebody. I'm going to sing another song before I finish. I'm the pastor. I can do that. <laughs> These things are called altars. These things are dry. There's nobody weeping anymore. Listen, I remember when I first got saved, every time they'd make an altar call, I was coming. It's just that sensitive, you know, sensitive to the Spirit of God. God, am I right? And then the preacher would preach and I'd get under conviction. God, I'd come back and I'd repent again. I must have got saved 15 times. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Hey, you're laughing. Listen, my wife will tell you, I was a religious cook. Wait. I didn't even want to eat devil food cookies. <laughs> now I got delivered. I like them. <laughs> I'm telling you, I just, and it's funny, but it was just, I was sensitive. You know, I just want to, I, I was feeling this thing out and I, I wanted to please God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Close your Bible a minute. I'm not going to finish with this. Praise God. <laughs> Listen. You know, we, I remember I went one time, pray on a guy's house. He, he started seeing demons in his house and stuff like that. And listen, I personally believe that these things could sometimes hold spirits. And he said he... He felt something drag him out of his bed and drag him, drag him into his, his bathroom or something. But I got in there and I started seeing 
a lot of things that resemble Satan's worship. He had a vampire costume and little things like that, things that work of darkness. I said, man, I said, where you been? <laughs> Can't open the door for the devil and don't expect him to come in. Listen, we would never let a man and a woman have sex in front of our children in our house, right? But we put it on TV and let them do it. We open that door. See, we're training them when we allow it. We might say it's wrong, but we allow them to see it. The darkness comes in when, when, when their little minds get warped and scarred. This is the window of the soul, these two eyes. What you see in these two, I can remember things I saw 30 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Still the enemy tries to affect me by things that I have saw 30 years ago. Because the, the, the eyes are the window of the soul. But you know, coming to the altar and finding peace with God. Man, I tell you what, if I wouldn't have that, what would I do? What would I do? I mean, the altar, man, it, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be here. It could be at your house. It could be where you, where you meet God. Those things are important. You can't have a relationship without a prayer life with the Lord. You can't. Amen? And you know, there's songs I've sang over the years, and some I've, I've, I've picked up on. And, and always ministers to me. I, I don't, listen, if a song can't preach, it ain't worth singing. Amen? I love this song because <laughs> I want to do, a fa- do something this morning. I want to open the altars. If you feel led to come up here, Come. Nobody's forcing you. If you know there's things that you need to make right with God this morning. Service is nearing an end. The choir is singing just as I am now. As the old song is played People at the altar Are kneeling down to pray Hearts are being broken And lives are being changed those that call upon him, they will never be the same. All oh, the time has come to give them to the Lord. That's what this altar is for. That's what this altar is for. I got to load a little bit. It's a little too high. You don't have to carry those burdens anymore. There's a life in the darkness. There's a love that's true. Jesus is waiting, and he's waiting there for you.
Oh, the time has come to give it to the Lord. That's what this altar is for. Lift your hands and let's worship a minute. Let's thank God for what He's done in our lives. We give you praise and glory, Lord God. The anchor holds Though the ship is battered The anchor holds I feel the Spirit of the Lord this morning Though the sails are torn I have fallen on my knees As I face the rage and see the anchor hold In spite of the storm Do you know the song? Let's all sing it together. The anchor hold Though the ship is battered my God, the anchor holds, though the sails are torn, I have fallen on my knees as I face rage and see the anchor holds, my Lord God. Spite of the storm, do you love the Lord this morning? Do you think that God can do anything? That anchor is Jesus. No matter what the storm looks like, it holds, no matter what you go through. The anchor hold Though the ship is battered The anchor hold Though the sails are torn I have fallen on my knees As I face Agency, the anchor hold in spite of the storm. Let's just worship a few minutes, praise God. Let's just worship God this morning. I need you, Lord, more than yesterday. I need you, Lord, more than words can say, I need you, Lord, more than ever before, I need you, Lord, I need you, More than the air I breathe 
more than the songs I sing. Yes, Lord. More than the next heartbeat. More than anything. And Lord, as the time goes by, I want you by my side. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Because I never want to go back to my old life. I need you, Lord. Let's sing it, y'all. Let's sing it to Jesus. More than yesterday, I need you, Lord. More than words can say, I need you, Lord. More than ever before, need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. Oh, we give you praise in the morning, Lord God. We give you glory. Hallelujah, we love you, Jesus. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your Holy Spirit living in me. This is my daily bread. This is my daily bread. Your very word, my God, spoken to me. And I'm desperate for you, my God. Yes, Jesus. And I'm lost without you, Jesus. And I'm desperate for you, lost without you. I'm lost without you. I'm lost without you. Amen. Let's give Jesus a praise offering. Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen.